What's up, what's up, what's up, L.A.? This is your boy, L.A. Ray Harris, L.A. Courtside Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network and sponsored by DraftKings.com. And this episode, I'm going to talk about the debacle last night that was the Los Angeles Lakers against the Phoenix Suns. I've got a whole lot more words other than debacle that I'll probably use in this uh, episode here. But I'll start with that one, that adjective, debacle. The best thing to come out of that game last night was Chris Paul. Chris Paul became the first player to score 20,000 points and also have 10,000 assists in his career. Lofty, lofty, lofty output in his career for Chris Paul. Think about that. The only player in history. We've had great Great point guard play in the history of the NBA. Magic Johnson comes to mind. Magic did not accomplish that feat. John Stockton comes to mind. He did not accomplish that feat. Jason Kidd comes to mind. He did not accomplish that feat. Think about it. 20,000 points, 10,000 assists in his career. The only thing that Chris Paul doesn't have, of course, is an NBA championship. Now, I go back and forth with a lot of my Twitter followers that are Phoenix Suns fans that say, or just Chris Paul fans in general across the country that say Chris Paul deserves a championship. Now, as much as I admire those accolades of 20K and 10K in scoring and assists respectively, nobody, quote unquote, deserves anything. If that's the case, hell, you might as well just give Phoenix Suns a championship right now and to hell with the season. You know, does he deserve a championship any more than, say, great players that haven't won one, like, uh, let's say, a Charles Barkley, for example, or a Carl Malone? That's just a couple of guys that come to mind. There's a lot of great players that have done a lot of great things for the NBA that have not won a championship. So, I don't know. That kind of, uh, when I hear that word deserves, you know, it's kind of a sour spot. There's nothing against Chris Paul. I like Chris Paul. Chris Paul is a great player, obviously. Hall of Famer. One of the top 75 players in the game, as was voted uh, the other day. But nobody deserves it. He has to go out there and win it, just like everybody else. But having said all that, great accomplishment for Chris Paul. Great accomplishment. Now, the worst thing that came out of that game last night is, and, and everybody's talking about it, but it may not even be that big of a deal. Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis got into a little, you know, a little shoving match. It wasn't nothing major, no punches thrown or anything like that. Uh, if you, uh, the LA Times was reporting today that the situation just had to do with a disagreement on a, uh, a pick and roll defensive. Um, play that was going on out there I guess those two guys had a disagreement on who was supposed to have been where or whatever the case may be a couple of words was said and they had a little dust up and they went into the locker room at halftime and according to Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard they squashed it they squashed it and which is fine they talked about it and that's what men are supposed to do that's what teammates are supposed to do they squashed it and, you know, they came out like brothers. So, but here's the thing. Even though they squashed that, it, it could be the sign of some underlying issues there. 
some signs of frustration already after two games. I'll use another adjective last night. First, I used debacle. Uh, my second one I'm going to use is listless. The Lakers just looked like they were not interested at all last night. I mean, let's, let's call it what it is. The final score was 115 to 105. And if you did not watch that game, first of all, you, you may say, wow, the Lakers, you know, they were playing in the Staples Center. It was their second loss in a row at, the, at home in the Staples Center. And they lost by 10 points to Phoenix. Phoenix, a team that went to the Western Conference, I'm sorry, went to the NBA Finals last year, lost to Milwaukee. So some fans look at that and say, wow, okay, a 10-point loss. But don't get it twisted, fans. Don't let that score fool you. Lakers got their proverbial asses kicked. They got their ass kicked last night. It was an embarrassment. It was a total, total embarrassment. The Lakers are, are, are and I'm not going to say they're pointing fingers at each other, but you can see the frustration, as was the case again with, with Howard and Davis. Uh, Rajon Rondo uh, didn't get into it with a fan, but some fa- a fan must have said a few words to Rondo. Rondo pointed at the guy with a, uh, looks like he had a gun gesture. He had his thumb out and his, uh, his index finger out a couple of times at the guy. The guy slapped his uh, Rondo's hand away, which obviously he was not supposed to do. And um, he was uh, kicked out of the arena as well as he should have been. And uh, Frank Vogel uh, also got a technical foul. Kind of ran up on the court a little bit and got a technical foul. And then in that particular game last night, the the referees, and, and I'm not one to blame referees all the time when a team loses. I don't care what sport it is, whether it's the umpires in baseball, the linemen in hockey, the uh, referees in basketball, and the referees in football. These guys do the best that they can. The game is so fast. These guys in the NBA are so fast. They jump so high. They move so quick. They're so strong. It's very, very tough to officiate a game. Now, there were some uh, suspect calls in the first half for sure. And my Twitter followers, as I'm watching the game, they're all over Twitter, uh, all over the referees. Yeah, man, the referees are, are uh, jacking the Lakers out of this game. The, Lake, uh, the referees are cheating. They're cheating on the Lakers. Now, there was some bad calls. I will admit that. There were some fouls on Laker players that were going to the basket that were not called. Some of them could have been, you know, a little, little touch and go, maybe, maybe not a foul, things like that. But I don't, I don't think the referees did the Lakers any favors last night, especially in the first half. However, having said that, I am not going to blame the referees on this ass kicking that the Lakers took last night. At one point, Phoenix had a, what was it, a 35-point lead somewhere up in there in the second half. They're just getting the ass kicked, guys and gals. It's pretty much what it is. Let's call it what it is. A terrible, a horrible, horrible performance by this Laker team. Now, one bright spot out of it is that they did shoot a little better from beyond the arc. They were 15 out of 34 this particular time from beyond the arc. Even Rondo was two out of three. Of course, Rondo is not a great free throw shooter. 
even he was two out of three. LeBron James continues to shoot well from the outside. He was five out of nine. And Carmelo Anthony, a very, very good sign. He was four out of six from beyond the arc. So the Lakers did do a better job of shooting from uh, from three. Uh, Austin Reeves came into the game uh, late in the game when it was pretty much over with. Well, it was actually over with. It wasn't even a doubt about it. He was two out of three from three-point land. And this kid, he's starting to get a, a, a large following. Now, everybody pumped the brakes on Austin Reeves. The Twitter, the Twitter uh, posts that were coming in last night, oh, man, they were like, uh, Kent Bazemore, by the way, they're ready to get rid of him already. Guys, just a couple of games. Kent Bazemore, is, he's a role player. He's not going to uh, stuff the stat sheet. But I saw a couple of tweets last night Say, hey, man, Austin Reeves should be starting over Bazemore. Okay, Austin Reeves, yes, he did hit a, a few threes, a couple of threes last night. But did you see the defense? It was non-existent. Now, I'm not saying this kid is not going to be a good player. Uh, I believe he's going to be a, a good player. He may be the – not the steal of the draft, but um, uh, he may be a, a diamond in the rough that was uh, found by the Lakers organization. But uh, aside from his offense, which, which looks to be pretty good, his defense, if you looked at, looked at that game last night, uh, there's no defense there. You know, he's going to have to get a little stronger, and uh, his defense is going to have to be a whole lot better, and it will. You know, he's a rookie. He's a rookie. He's an undrafted free agent that made this squad. So pump the brakes a little bit on Austin Reeves. He'll probably get a little bit more playing time moving forward. He'll improve throughout the season, I'm pretty sure. But, you know, pump the brakes on Austin Reeves starting. I don't think that's going to happen. But back to the uh, the other Lakers players, uh, Anthony Davis, he played 38 minutes. He was only six out of 18 from uh, the field. Not a good showing right there, only 30% or 33%, I should say. He was 10 out of 11 from the free throw line. He did have 14 rebounds, though, 22 points. They're going to need a little bit more consistency out of Anthony Davis as far as scoring and as far as his field goal percentage. LeBron James, he played another good game. Now, up until the time that he stayed in the backcourt after blocking the shot of Cameron Johnson, uh, I, I did not like that with LeBron James was standing back there, and it was four and five on the other end of the court. LeBron James continues to play well. However, he was eight out of 18 from the field, and as I mentioned, he was five of nine from the three-point line. But that one play I just mentioned – Cameron Johnson was going in for a dunk, and LeBron James went up and contested. Didn't look like he act, he blocked the shot or anything like that, but he definitely didn't foul uh, Cameron Johnson. Cameron Johnson went to the floor, and then the Lakers got the ball uh, on, uh, on a fast break going back the other way, and LeBron James did not join in on that break. He stood back there in the backcourt. Doris Burke, the announcer, was like, hey, what the hell is he doing? Why is he standing back there? Even though it was four on four on the other end, if you would have ran down there, it could have been five on four. I can't even remember if the Lakers scored on that possession or not. But that was kind of disappointing. I, I've never seen LeBron James do that. He just he just stood back there and watched. You know, it wasn't like he was going over to Cameron Johnson to see if he was okay or anything like that. He just stood in the backcourt and he was watching. So that was kind of strange, kind of disappointing there. But other than that, you know, LeBron James in these first two games have, have played pretty well. It's the rest of the team that um, that is struggling. Now, Westbrook 
of course, was the whipping boy in that first game. In this particular game, he, he still did not shoot well. He's only 6 out of 15. 6 out of 15 from the floor. He did have 11 rebounds however, and 9 assists, so he almost had his first triple-double since joining the Lakers. And I tell you what, man, I tell you what, when Russell Westbrook drives to the basket, I mean, it's like, it's like a train wreck. That's what it sounds, or that's what it looks like. It's like a train wreck. This guy is going, this guy is going 100, 200 miles an hour to the basket. And, and especially in the second half, he, he went to the basket so hard and so fast, he missed like, I think it was like a couple of layups in a row. Now, one of them, of course, he looked at the ref and thought he may have been fouled. Kind of shaky, but bottom line is, man, you know, you get to that rack, you know, you get to the cup, you get to the tin, whatever you want to call it, and, you know, you get to the square, you got to make that layup, dude. I'm sorry, you got you to make that layup. Maybe he's going too fast. I'm watching that. I'm like, look at this dude, man. I mean, again, he's a he's a freight train. He's a freight train. It's, it's, it's almost like a train wreck. And he goes so fast. But, you know, the guys are pros pro. Eventually, those shots obviously are going to be falling. And Russell Westbrook would be fine. So it seems like in this game, as opposed to the first game against Golden State, Russell Westbrook took it upon himself and said, hey, man, I'm going to play the Russell Westbrook game. He has that nice, obviously we know he's not a, a great long-range shooter, but he has that that uh, mid-range shot that he shoots off the glass on the left side of the rim. That's very, very effective, especially when a player that's smaller than him is guarding him. That's a very, very effective shot for Westbrook. But he's not going to be the type of guy that's going to be like on a secondary fast break if he doesn't have the ball. Let's say if LeBron James has it or if Rondo has it. And last night again, I guess Frank Vogel is thinking, you know, Rondo and Westbrook on the floor at the same time is a good thing. Um, I kind of question that for right now, but again, it's only two games. But let's say they're on a secondary break and Rondo is leading the break and Westbrook is on the wing. If You know, if Westbrook stops and stands behind that three-point line and if Rondo passes him the ball there, <clears throat> excuse me, chances are it's going to be a brick. That chances are is going to be a brick, a brick crashing through a, a window. That's what it's going to sound like coming off of that rim. So I'm still questioning the Rondo and Westbrook on the floor at the same time. Please, uh, peace. I think those two guys should be separated. You know, if if you're going to start Westbrook, that's fine. Starting, and when he needs relief, you bring in Rondo or vice versa. A lot of the uh, Laker fans were talking about this after the very first game. Hey, why not start Rondo? Let him get that offense flowing smoothly. Rondo, I'm speaking of. And then when it's time to sit Rondo, then you bring in Westbrook off the bench. And then he can do his train wreck style of play, which is very, very effective. And especially if LeBron James is not on the floor, he can do his thing. Bring in Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony off the bench as well on that second team, and there you go. But after two games, it's really – you know, it's, 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 it's no point speculating on how that's going to happen. Frank Vogel is not going to make wholesale changes after two games. I even heard, the uh, not heard, but read some of the Twitter posts last night that they're already ready to fire Frank Vogel after two games. Really? Really? They said to give him the Mike Brown treatment. 
you know, when Mike Brown was let go by Cleveland. Give him the Mike Brown treatment. Fire him after two games. Come on, folks. Now, my first episode, I, I, I hope I talked you uh, off of the edge of the cliff. And some of you who did not listen to me after that first game and may have been still on the cliff waiting after the second game probably has jumped over. I hope not. I hope not. Last night, though, it did not look positive. It did not look positive. But as Laker fans, as uh, City of L.A., uh, you, you have to stay positive with this team, man. Still 80 games to go. I know last night was very, very discouraging. Very, very discouraging. An unspirited effort by the Lakers until like the fourth quarter when they made a little run. In the fourth quarter, they were playing with a sense of urgency that you did not see in the first half. If they had played with that sort of sense of urgency in the first half, they may have uh, uh, gotten close. It may not have been the blowout that it was. And again, 10 points, folks, don't let that fool you. They got their asses kicked. They got blown out. But if they had played uh, with a sense of urgency in the first half like they did in that fourth quarter, this game would have been a whole lot more competitive. I think they got it to within maybe nine points at one point in the, in the, in the, uh, in the fourth quarter. But in any event, um, it, 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 they just didn't get it done. In the fourth quarter, Lakers did outscore Phoenix 38-21. to 21. They outscored about 17 points. So, but it was just a mirage. You know, it, it, was a, it, was a, it was a red herring, pretty much is what that was. They, they did not play well at all. Another thing that I was going back and forth on Twitter with some of my, my, my loyal Twitter followers, Laker fans, even some of the Clippers fans chimed in. Of course, you know, the Clipper fans are going to troll the Lakers uh, if they're playing a game like that, like they did last night. And then vice versa, the Clippers are going to be uh, trolling the Clippers all year round. But you guys know me. I'm your unbiased host, your unbiased Los Angeles sports fan. I love all sports in Los Angeles. The Lakers, the Clippers, the Kings, the Dodgers, the Rams, the Chargers, the Angels, the Bruins, the Trojans. You name them, I love them. So I don't get into the trolling back and forth. I don't have any emotional ties with the Lakers or the Clippers. I just like all teams in Los Angeles. But having said all that, going back and forth on Twitter, uh, we were talking about the centers, Dwight Howard, and you have DeAndre Jordan, and then for Phoenix, you have JaVale McGee. Now, in my first episode, I, I said that of those three, JaVale McGee, I hope that he would have been one of the, of the two uh, players that ended up on the Lakers. JaVale McGee. As y'all know, when they won a championship, they had JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. Those two guys left, and Mark Gasol came in. That did not work out, so Palenka went and got Dwight Howard back, and then he got DeAndre Jordan in there. I would have preferred to have seen DeAndre Jordan and JaVale McGee. Now, last night, uh, uh, we know Dwight Howard got into a little scuffle or whatever. That's, you know, I, I'm not sure what to say about Dwight Howard. I may say a few more words about him. But uh, he and DeAndre Jordan combined yesterday was one out of two for two points. 19 minutes total. Didn't do much of anything. They didn't do much of anything. Howard had three rebounds. Uh, DeAndre Jordan had four. Okay, you look at JaVale McGee, and again, I know it's just one game, but 
JaVale McGee played 13 minutes. He was four or five from the field. He had four rebounds, and he had nine points, plus nine in the plus-minus column. I think JaVale McGee is just – he's a player that you're not going to get any drama from like you get from Dwight Howard. And I don't know what it is. Dwight Howard, to me, is, is almost as if he's trying to play some sort of tough man role for the Lakers. You know, like a, like Bill Lambeer uh, used to be back in the Pistons days or Rick Mahorn. You know, he's pushing players around. He, you know, he got in a little dust up with uh, Chris Paul, you know, much smaller player. And, you know, kind of pushed him a little bit. And then he got into the little, the little uh, shoving match with Anthony Davis. I, I've never looked at Dwight Howard as being a tough guy. Matter of fact, throughout the years, I always thought he was pretty soft. And you know, I, you know what our boy Kobe Bryant said? <laughs> you know what he said about Dwight Howard? You know, when Howard was with, I believe, the Houston Rockets at the time. And they got into a little scuffle. And Kobe looked in straight and I said, you're soft. You're soft. You can still, you can still read Kobe's lips. You can, you can get that vision in your mind. Everybody remembers that. You're soft. You're soft. I've always thought of Dwight Howard of being that. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, obviously, Dwight Howard is, he's a borderline Hall of Famer. He did not make that... Um, all-time 75 NBA player team. Uh, some Laker fans think he should have been on that team. But in any event, I, he, he's never been an enforcer type guy to me. I don't know why he's trying to play that role. Dude, you know, we don't need you getting these these crazy technical fouls. All we need you to do is get in there, get you some rebounds, play some tough defense, protect that paint. They're not going to run too many plays for Dwight Howard, but when you do get the ball in the paint, do your thing. You know, throw up your hook shots or whatever you do. Uh, make some free throws, and, and you'll be okay. You'll be okay. DeAndre Jordan, same thing. So, you know, JaVale McGee just seems like the more, uh, you know, player who's the, the player who has his head in the game a whole lot more than, than Dwight Howard does. So the jury is still out this year on how Dwight Howard is going to perform for the Lakers. But – at that center position, uh, you know, I think the Lakers, they, they definitely need some better output from Jordan and Howard. They definitely need that. Otherwise, you'll be playing Anthony Davis at the five for the majority of the year, and then the Lakers team will go, you know, just play small, you know, until you bring one of those other guys off the bench. So that's my take on on uh, on Dwight Howard. Carmelo Anthony played pretty well, 5 out of 11 from the field, 4 out of 6 from three-piece land, 16 points. That's his best game so far as a Laker. He also had five rebounds, 25 minutes. That's, that's about pretty much what you're going to get from Carmelo Anthony. And if you can get that kind of output consistently from him all year round, the Lakers are going to be uh, very, very well off. Again, five out of 11 from the field, four of six from beyond the arc. That's pretty good output for Carmelo Anthony in 25 minutes. Avery Bradley uh, after that first game looked pretty promising, but in this game he did absolutely nothing. 21 minutes, 0 of 3 from the field, 0 of 2 from beyond the arc, and he was minus 25 um, in the plus-minus column while he was on the floor, and that led the Lakers in that unfortunate negative category. Malik Monk, 17 minutes, 2 out of 5 from the field, 1 of 4 from 3 peaks land for 7 points. That's an okay game from Malik Monk. 
maybe he's he's a guy who should be getting more minutes. And then also the Lakers are obviously missing THT with what he can bring to the table and the toughness that he brings. And Kendrick Nunn, who who's a guy that I thought was a great pickup by Rob Palinka in this Lakers organization. He's not able to play yet because of injury. Now, once he gets in there and then once THT comes back, um, it's going to be very interesting to see how Frank wrote, uh, Vogel does his rotations when those two guys come back. But all in all, the Lakers, a disappointing 0-2 start to the season. First loss against Golden State, second loss against uh, the Phoenix Suns, where they got they got their natural asses kicked. I'll say it again. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The Lakers, they have to regroup. Everyone should be looking at themselves in the mirror and say, hey, what am I doing? What am I not doing? How can I get better? Hey, in practice, you guys are going to have to figure it out. These guys are very, very good basketball players, very, very smart basketball players. You know, LeBron James, Rondo, Anthony Davis, you know, Westbrook, Carmelo, all those guys been around a long time, man. They're very, very smart basketball players. I still feel that they will figure it out. Not going to panic. Not going to jump off the cliff or anything like that. Lakers fans, you should not do that either. So your team, your team will be okay. With that, before I get into my second segment and uh, going around the NBA, before I do that, here's a word from our sponsor, DraftKings.com. The NBA is back, and at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA, the key to victory is a strong starting five. New customers can bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. So why not make your roster Washington, 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 and oh yeah, Washington. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get skinned in a game with new same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more lays you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. A toast to the booty, we'll dance to that. Or how else can you capture a boogie if you don't attack from the back? To the red march. All right, all right, all right, L.A. basketball fans. Hey, that tune right there, theme from the Black Hole by Parliament. You guys remember that? Y'all don't know nothing about that. That was the stuff back in the day. Theme from the black hole. That that performance that the Lakers put on last night, that was definitely a black hole. Hopefully we don't see anything like that for the rest of the year. But in any event, in my second segment, I'm going to go around the NBA. 
And my first stop is going to be in Chicago. fans in my second segment on all of my episodes i like to go around the nba just to briefly touch on other teams see how well they're doing other players see how well they're doing and just make you know comments on uh, other teams outside of the la area i know this podcast is la centric of course the lakers and the clippers is what uh, i focus on but i'm sure the la area or la sports fans wouldn't mind us podcasters just touching on briefly other teams in the league. This first stop on my train tour stops in Chicago again. And this particular team, I just love watching them play. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, they're going to be contending for an Eastern Conference crown or anything like that. Of course, you still have the uh, Brooklyn Nets, you know, even without Kyrie. You know, you have uh, the Greek Freak with Milwaukee, the world champs. You know, you have Miami Heat that's going to be really, really good with uh, Lowry being added to that team, Jimmy Butler and those boys. Boston is still a pretty good opponent. Uh, you have uh, Indiana that's that's decent. Of course, you have Philadelphia, uh, even without Ben Simmons. And on this particular train stop, I am not stopping in Philadelphia. Enough of Ben Simmons for the week. I'm not going to talk about him until probably next week when he does something else stupid. But the Chicago Bulls, going back to them, you know, again, they'll, 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 they'll be fighting for a playoff spot, you know, probably seventh, eighth, or maybe in that, definitely in that playing tournament. Uh, I just like watching them play. Zach Levine is a bona fide star, in my opinion. And uh, the Chicago is 2-0 right now. They haven't beaten anybody. Well, you can say they haven't beaten anybody. Detroit Pistons in the first game. They did not have Kay Cunningham, the number one overall pick. Chicago beat them 94-88, and Levine scored 34 points in that game. Vucevic had 15 rebounds. In the second game, they beat New Orleans without Zion Williamson, a 128-112 victory. Zach Levine again, 32 points, and um, uh, Ball had a triple-double. Zoe, Zoe Ball, Lonzo, 17 points, 10 rebounds, and 10 assists. Again, this team is just very, very fun to watch. Their bench is not all that great. But their starting five is is pretty damn good. Again, you have Zach Levine, uh, a bona fide star. You have Lonzo Ball. We all know what he can do. He's improving on his shot. He was six out of 11 in that New Orleans game uh, against his former team, by the way. Scored again 17 points on a triple-double. He was three out of eight from uh, three-point range. Pretty good for Lonzo Ball, right? Because, uh, you know, throughout the, the years since he had been in the league, he was a horrible three-point shooter. Three out of eight, not that shabby. Vucevic, uh, another guy, very, very good, very, very good offensive player. And then, of course, you got DeMar DeRozan, nine out of 20 from the field. This is against New Orleans again, 26 points, plus 15 in the plus-minus column. And then you have Patrick uh, Williams, the – Young starter for the Chicago Bulls who was drafted a couple of years ago, I believe, number four overall, somewhere around in there. However, the Bulls, again, they do not have a formidable bench. They do have the ex-Laker, Alex Caruso. 
Caruso, 29 minutes, 4 out of 7, 9 points. Looks like it's going to be a valuable backup for the Chicago Bulls. One player that I would like to see, he's a rookie, though, from the University of Illinois. If you guys have never seen him play, do a YouTube uh, video on him. Ayo Dasunmu from the University of Illinois fighting the Lion Eye. He only played a couple of minutes uh, against New Orleans. But this guy has a very, very smooth, very smooth jump shot. This guy can play. This guy can play. He kind of reminds me of a smaller version of Alex English. His mid-range game is just, is just awesome. You don't find too many young players who shoots well from mid-range. Dasumu can shoot it from mid-range. He can shoot the three. He can drive to the basket. You know, he's not the greatest defensive player, but, you know, how many young players are. This is a guy, I believe, he was drafted late in the first round by the Chicago Bulls. or may have even been early in the second round, if I'm not mistaken. I may have to look that one up. But I think he's going to be a, a diamond in the rough that has been found by the Chicago Bulls as the season rolls along. They still do have Kobe White from uh, North Carolina. But now that Lonzo Ball is in there, Kobe White, he's injured right now. He's going to have to come off the bench, of course, to get some minutes for the Bulls. So, again, the Chicago Bulls, I think, is a very, very uh, a fun team to watch, if nothing else. They'll contend for a, a playoff spot in the 8-9 or 7-8-9 or 10 spot uh, at the end of the season. And, you know, if you have that NBA league pass or NBA TV, you know, do yourself a favor and watch the Chicago Bulls, especially that starting five. It'd be good to see the Bulls start to do well. You know, we're used to seeing the Chicago Bulls, of course, in the Michael Jordan days, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, so on and so forth. Um, lately, the Chicago Bulls have not had that much success. So uh, it's good for the NBA if the Chicago Bulls are doing well. And my next stop on the train tour is going to Charlotte. <laughs> Now, this train stop is in Charlotte, North Carolina, and just real quick, not, I'm not really going to talk about this Charlotte Hornets team in general and their chances of making the playoffs or anything like that, or, or by the way, I do kind of think they will. They may end up in the playing tournament, but what I want to talk about briefly is, of course, Mellow Ball. Now, I had a little Twitter conversation with a lot of my followers. Some of them got upset about the question and I just ask questions man yeah everybody has an opinion you know an opinion is like an a-hole everybody has one right I actually did a um a YouTube video on this as well you can find my YouTube channel entitled LA Courtside uh, look that up on YouTube and one of the um videos I put out there was will the Minnesota Timberwolves and or the Golden State Warriors regret not drafting mellow ball with either the number one or the number two pick now i thought it was a legitimate question i mean it doesn't necessitate people getting angry over the question it's just it's just a question that's what really really uh puzzles me like on twitter when you disagree with somebody on twitter and then they start typing capital letters and putting exclamation points and saying you know uh, you don't know what the f you talking about Dudes, it's not that serious. Trust and believe it's not that serious. Sports in general, it's not that serious. It's just an opinion. 
You know, if you think Michael Jordan is the best player of all time or the GOAT, and I think LeBron James is the GOAT, okay, we just disagree. Who's to say who's right? It's an opinion. Guys, if you don't know what opinion means, look it up in the dictionary. It's just an opinion. So I put that out there about uh, Anthony Edwards, pretty much Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, and Melo Ball. And it was just a question again. So there was a Minnesota Timberwolves fan that commented on this video that I have out on YouTube. And he stated pretty much, you know, why the F do you think the Minnesota Timberwolves would regret drafting Anthony Edwards? You know, Anthony Edwards is great. He's this, he's that. And he is. That question was not meant to disparage Anthony Edwards or James Wiseman for that matter. It was just a simple question just to, to garner some, some conversation. That's all this is. When you, you know, when you put a poll on Twitter or throw a question out there, it's just a garner conversation. That's all it is. But uh, I just said all that to say, you know, LaMelo Ball is just box office. And that's kind of what I was getting at. Obviously, Anthony Edwards is going to be a superstar in this league. He kind of reminds me of Donovan Edwards. Yeah, boy, you remember that dunk last year he had over, over the guy from Toronto. I can't think of his name. It was a vicious, vicious dunk. Anthony Edwards, that time he does finish. And I don't know if you guys remember that, but I remember it vividly. Anthony Edwards is going to be a great player. But he plays, you know, in, in the Minnesota, you know, Anthony Edwards. Is he like box office? Material Is he like must-see TV? Maybe he is. You know, in the eyes of the T-Wolves fans, maybe he is. Or in the eyes of you NBA fans out there. When Anthony Edwards and the Minnesota Timberwolves are on uh, NBA League Pass, which you can see all of their games on there, or NBA TV, because you're rarely ever going to see them on TNT or ESPN or anything like that. Minnesota T-Wolves are not box office material. They are not national TV material. So in that respect, you know, if let's say the Minnesota Timberwolves had Mellow Ball on their team, would they be box office material then? If the Minnesota Timberwolves were on the NBA League Pass, NBA TV, would a lot of people be watching? I think so. If he was on that team, would they have some national games on TNT? Or would they have some national games on ESPN, ABC, wherever? I think they would. You're going to see a lot of the Charlotte Hornets on national TV, trust and believe, because of Mellow Ball. Same thing with Golden State. Now, Golden State is going to be on plenty of national TV games. You don't have to worry about that. You have Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, all them dudes, man. James Wiseman is going to get a lot of TV time, national TV time. But James Wiseman is not like box office must-see TV. He's kind of injured right now. He's going to be a good player. I don't think he's going to be great like Edwards or Ball is going to be great. So that's the reason why I threw that question out there. You know, the, the uh, T-Wolves and or the Warriors regret not drafting LaMelo Ball. I can see Golden State, they did not need a guard like LaMelo Ball, someone that can drain the outside shot with ease. Hell, Golden State has enough of those players. So they really didn't have a fit for uh, LaMelo Ball. So I can see that piece. The Timberwolves, on the other hand, I don't know. So it's main to be seen. I thought it was a very, very interesting, interesting question to put out there. And some people in Minnesota got upset that I even asked the question. 
But hey, is what it is. Get over it, Minnesota Timberwolves. We will see you on NBA League Pass and NBA TV, and then we'll see some highlights of the great Anthony Edwards dunking over people on the highlights. And you won't get many national TV games at all. That's the reason. I'm not trying to dig on Minnesota. Minnesota's a nice town. Been there before. It's really, really nice. So, you know, hats off to you, Minnesota, and the Minnesota Timberwolves. So with that, L.A., Thanks again for listening. You know I appreciate all of you. Appreciate the conversations that we have back and forth on Twitter. And thank you for supporting LA Courtside Podcast. And again, this podcast is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network and sponsored by DraftKings.com. If you don't want to miss any upcoming episodes of LA Courtside, whatever platform that you use to get your podcast, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Apple, Google, so on and so forth. Make sure you find LA Courtside on one of those platforms and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. With that, with that, LA, City of Angels, until the next episode of LA Courtside, peace. You're looking at me, I'm thinking about the possibility.